I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. <laughs> and, and that's, that's Grayson. Grayson. And this is Autism Building the Puzzle. One piece at a time. Welcome to Autism Building the Puzzle, one piece at a time. My name is Sean, your host, and with me as usual, my co-host and wonderful wife, hey, Alexandria. Super excited for today's episode. We're going to have a little bit of fun with you guys. Yes. Uh, we came up with a little idea where we're <laughs> actually going to interview each other. So today, I'm going to be interviewing Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get some perspectives on um, her experience throughout this whole journey. Um, some questions uh, that she doesn't even know about. She doesn't know these <laughs> questions. Nope. So we're going to really try to catch her off guard and get, like, real uh, honest uh, reactions and answers from her. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, so this way it's not something she's thinking about for a while and, you know, can respond to. We wanted to get real, authentic <laughs> You know, emotional answers for you oh, guys. You're getting out me nervous there. now. What's <laughs> happening? Yeah, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Definitely. So, let's kick it off. All right, go ahead. Ask away. So, <laughs> so uh, first off, mm-hmm. I want you to tell me and our listeners what was going through your mind when you had your early intervention, uh, initial evaluation with Grayson? Um, like the whole, the whole, whole experience? Yeah, how well, I no, felt? what was just it was going through your mind that reaction, day I would say. Um, when it first, ha- when they first came out, it was just for a speech delay, so I really wasn't, you know, concerned. Um, I was a late talker. I didn't talk until four, but I had a problem with my ears and needed tubes. So uh, I wasn't really too concerned I guess I just always realized Grayson did things on his time and at his speed and I I knew eventually it it would be okay and then by the end of the meeting when they had said possible autism uh yeah it was very emotional that totally ended uh that other feeling I had completely um I was emotional angry uh worried yeah everything by that time by the end All right, so what would you say was the most important piece of information you learned in, say, the first month after you found out he was autistic? Uh, The first piece of information I would say was that I think, you know, I never compared Grayson to anybody, and that was something I just didn't do, Um, and I know that's a very common thing to do. So when I started researching more during that first month, about autism, I started realizing, yeah, kids don't develop the same, but there are red flags and not knowing anything about autism, I should have kind of known, uh, I feel like maybe more so than I did, things that weren't happening or milestones, you know, he wasn't really missing milestones so much, so it wasn't really a red flag, but until I started doing the research and I realized like, okay, one year old should have like 50 words, you know, like he's not saying three like that's a problem and you know I think a lot of times like even looking back on my childhood and knowing that I didn't talk till four yeah absolutely my parents should have had me evaluated that is not normal yes there was a problem with my ears but I probably should have been evaluated anyway 
because it's just that's just so off basis of normal development. So yeah, um, I think I just realized like wow things were occurring you know rocking stimming that I just thought like he was oh he's excited he's excited over his show you know yeah, because yeah. I wasn't around I never babysat so I wasn't around children ever I mean I didn't even change a diaper until Grayson was born ever in my life um, so it was totally yeah. a different experience you know like if I had babysat as my through my teenage years my 20s and things like that I would have been like oh wow like he's behind or this isn't right and I would have had more experience, but never being around children and being only yeah. child, I didn't have any of yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know, you know, just like you, I didn't have much experience around No, we had, we had no we idea. Had we, we both, like, looked um, at each other and were like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> we don't even know what to it, do. It's amazing when they send you home from the hospital, like, with another human being, and they don't even... They don't even really tell you what to do. They're just like, here, bye, good luck. Yeah, not even that. I remember <laughs> when they dropped him off, like, just after the- they cleaned him up and everything, after I, you know, had him and they brought him in, like, a couple hours later, yeah. he went and got cleaned up and they did the tests and all of that. And they brought him in, just brought him in his little bassinet and was like, all right, wake him up, feed him, and walked out. And that was like, we didn't even have a chance to be like, so how do we wake him up? Like, had no idea. And we're just sitting there looking at each other. I'm like, I'm calling the nurse's desk because I have no idea how to wake. Like, because when they're just born, like, and you haven't been around kids, you feel like you're literally going to break them by picking them up. So I'm like, how do they want me to wake up this fragile baby? Like, and she's like, oh, you know, take his clothes off, tickle him. I'm like, oh, like, duh. Like, how didn't I know that? But like, you just don't know. So, I mean, we learned very quickly, though. And to be honest... That was half of the reason I wanted to do everything myself and not have help because I just really needed to make my own mistakes and yeah, learn. Yeah. It's amazing that they let people like us walk out of the hospital with babies. Oh, my know. gosh. No. No. We were good. <laughs> we were just, good. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, the car seat, that was a whole nother catastrophe. I mean, we did it right, but, you know, we asked the nurses, like, can you come out and help us? Like... They can't do any of that. And we're like, okay, like you're really going to let us put this child in this car seat right now? We have no idea if he's going to survive through the ride. Like, if, God forbid we get in an accident. So it's a little scary, you know. All right. So what was your biggest concern in the beginning? Uh, was there something you were afraid of all more of than it. anything else? All of it. Um, the, f- the first day, like, I just remember being so angry. And just uh, not even just pretty much saying, that's it. I'm going to get rid of this. And we're, we're just never going to experience this pretty much. I'm just going to kind of cut it off right before it happens and fix it. And that's going to be the end of this conversation. Um, just being ignorant to it and not knowing uh, that I can't fix it. Um, so I think that was hard. Uh, just not know the inevitable, just not knowing. You know, not knowing yeah. what was going to happen, where our life was going to be, what was going to happen with Grayson. There were a million emotions. I was never worried or, like, embarrassed or anything like that, ever. Uh, I was just concerned, and I just had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I kind of was just like, how could this happen to us? You know, um, I don't know. I think my biggest uh, concern was, you know, what was going to happen way down the line when, you know, we weren't here anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that is one of the biggest concerns for parents with autistic children because of yeah. the fact that, you know, most most of us will not, you know, we should outlive our, our children. So, um, you know, and that's a concern that can last for a long, long time. It's not like... 
and we never outlive our children most of the time. Yeah, our children not, outlive us. Yeah, it's not like you're 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 sitting here and you're like, okay, well, are we gonna? Have, I'm worried about him speaking. Yeah. Eventually, you'll have a pretty good idea of whether that's gonna happen by the time they're seven, eight years old. Uh, if they're not speaking by then, you'll you know, have a good idea. I mean, not 100. percent There are children even, that do speak. You know, the parent that, but, the podcast that we did with our parent interview. You guys should check it out on our last episode. Um, it was, you know, there. Brittany's child didn't start speaking until eight, so that definitely gave me hope because I've always heard if it doesn't happen by like five, six, it's probably not going to happen. But you know what? There's definitely hope out there, and Grayson is so determined to talk that, and he's just so intelligent, and most uh, all of them are. And I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, I just can't picture him not being able to figure it out. Like, not being able to do it. Um, but then there's some days where I'm just like, okay, he's not going to talk. I'm fine with that, you know. Uh, my biggest concern is him being able to live his life one day independently because he can communicate in numerous ways. Like I've always said, there's yeah. blind people out there that communicate. I need him to just be able to live independently and be able to take care of himself. That is my biggest yeah. concern. But I, I want to hear his voice so bad <laughs> just because I want to hear his voice. Like, I just feel like it would be the cutest little thing, you know? Like, he would sound so cute. So, like, I just, I yearn for that. But yeah. I know you do because you, you even have dreams about it. I have been having dreams of Grayson talking, yeah. And you know what? Maybe that's, if he doesn't talk, maybe that's my way of getting that fulfillment that I need. Maybe that dream yeah. is, you know, maybe that's coming to me to help me with that. Yeah. It's definitely happening for a reason, right? So Yeah, yeah. So what were you thinking? What kind of emotions were you going through um, when he had his point in time when he was struggling a lot and I was on the road working and traveling so much and you were kind of a lot of times here kind of alone? Um, yeah without anybody here helping. Yeah, I think that time was hard. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm, I'm definitely getting emotional. Um, it was a lot. It was hard doing the therapy every day and doing it alone. And, you know, me and Sean at that time, were we were fighting a lot, and it was difficult. Um, it felt, I felt very annihilated with everybody. Um, but I didn't feel, like like, depressed or, like, not social. I just, I was busy and it was kind of good that I was busy, honestly, with everything. Um, it was definitely a struggle with Grayson's behavior and just all day long was like just difficult at times. Um, and then that's, you know, I've spoken before. That's what led me to buy a medical. I had called Sean. I remember the one day I was like, I just can't, I don't know how many more days I can keep doing this. Like it's just getting really bad. Um, and that, I just, that was enough. And I thought, yeah. you know, it's not just bad for me. It's bad for him. He, he's struggling. Um, so something has to be done. And I just, at his age, I didn't want to go the pharmaceutical route that young at two. Um, so I didn't and put him on vitamins and biomedical treatment and went from there. And since then, thank God, I mean, things have been way different. So I don't yeah, know where it, we it, would be. For those of you that don't know, Grayson had a period of time where, he just wasn't right. He couldn't really manage anything. He yeah. was having meltdowns constantly all day long. Constant crying, constant screaming. He um, couldn't get through therapy. He couldn't he wouldn't get through work. therapy. He wouldn't he do was... anything. He would just scream and cry the whole time. Um, there was really nothing. We tried everything we could to try to make him happy and 
you know, it was it was really overwhelming. I mean, I know when I was home after you know working a long day, um, I did sales and I was out traveling, you know, even just day trips, not getting home till you know eight nine o'clock at night sometimes, and you know, coming home and he was at that point sometimes still having meltdowns when I got home. Yeah, yeah, because he would take a nap and wake up and be absolutely horrible. I mean, I didn't even eat all day. I mean, I know how hard it was for me, you know, coming home after a long long day of work and a lot of driving and having to go through that. So, like, I can only imagine for her, you know, how difficult that was to get through, you know, just being alone with him all day long with him reacting that way so we'll be right back after a word from our show sponsors here at building the puzzle we understand how difficult and challenging it can be for parents with autistic children that have communication delays well if you're in new jersey you're in luck the speech paradigm has you covered they're helping children overcome speech challenges all across new jersey they offer both telehealth services as well as in-home therapy please reach out to them you can uh, take a look on their website at www.thespeechparadigm.com. You can reach out by phone at 732-203-5268. You can also find them both on Facebook and Instagram as well at The Speech Paradigm. We are also sponsored by Grayson & Company, uh, making homemade toys. They have everything from wooden homemade toys to sensory bins, sensory boards, all different kinds of toys for your children. Uh, they can be reached at grayson-company.myshopify.com as well as on Facebook and Instagram as well as Etsy. On Etsy they can be found at Grayson and Company Toys. And now back to the show. Is there anything that you did throughout this whole time period that you look back and you maybe would have done differently? Like if, if I could say anything different? No, like, if, if uh, is there anything that you would have done differently looking back on that? Um, no. Mm-mm. No, I'm very, and that's why I think I did everything I could for him. I mean, I remember even the therapist telling me, like, you, you need time, like, you ha- like, this is consuming you, and I was fine with that, um, because, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to help him, and I felt the more that I let it consume me, the better the outcome would be in the end. If I can let it consume me, you know, the first couple of years and until even if he was a teenager, up until that time, it's going to be easier for us in our life. Um, And I never wanted to look back and say, like, oh, I I missed this or I missed that. The one thing I probably would have done different is, I mean, we couldn't find in-home speech. I probably would have started ABA really early, honestly. I probably should have started at, like, two had I known and gotten those behaviors under control and got them into speech by three out of the home but honestly I don't know if he could have handled that so I don't really uh, look at that as something I would change too much because I mean even now at four and a half we just took him out to speech therapy last week and he acted like he didn't know a thing so I can't say that he would do it at two Um, he can he's not doing it now and you know I think sometimes Grayson has put up a fight Grayson knows how to do a lot of things and even the things in therapy that they wanted him to do, he knew how to do them, but he didn't do them. And, you know, he might just be a kid that's like, I know how to do that already, and I just don't want to do it. He's very stubborn. 
Um, and maybe that's why even I wonder in speech where he gets that from. <laughs> and maybe even in speech therapy when we took him last <laughs> week, it could have possibly been like, yeah, yeah, I'll talk when I want. I know how to talk. I'm not going to do it right now, so I'm not participating. I, I don't know. Um, but I, he has done and caught up with everything that he has needed to catch up with, and I feel like this would probably kind of be the same. I have a feeling I'm going to be sleeping on the couch tonight after this. Why? <laughs> 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 so, I would change one thing, and that is I would have never had him vaccinated. You know, I... I know this is a big debate in the entire autism community, and I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not trying to give anybody advice on whether they should or shouldn't do it, um, but that's something that it's I know your we, we yeah it's my opinion and I know it's something we struggle with making a decision which way to go with it in the past so you know we do um but looking back on it yeah that was something I I would change I don't know I mean listen I, I want to be very clear I am for vaccinations I am um I will not be getting the COVID vaccination but I am for children have having vaccinations what i think is i think it just needs to be approached differently i've always been pro-vax i think to myself okay and if i didn't vaccinate grayson what happens if he got you know whooping cough and died i mean it is very serious so there are things i think about however i do think that every child before we are giving them vaccines some kind of test should be done uh i think that when a child is born we're assuming that every child is the same and that's like that's like hypothetically me taking 10 adults and being like oh we don't need any tests to give you this to see if you're allergic because you're you all have the same blood work you're all the same no problem so yeah i totally disagree with that and you know i've had this conversation with many people and people are like you're right but that will never happen because they don't want to spend the money for that to happen I think if a child is born and if the mother had heavy metals and arsenic and things like that in her body and that went through the placenta and the baby is born with heavy metals and then you get the MMR shot and it has high mercury in that, which is known, um, yeah, you're overloading that child's system. Yeah, it, so I'm not going to say that Grayson was neurotypical before the vaccinations. I'm not going to say that. I do think... A part of me feels as though when Grayson was born, Grayson was neurotypical. Um, and, you know, like I said before, I wasn't around children. Maybe I was wrong. Uh, he was doing things. I mean, four days old, he was taking his pacifier out, holding it with his hands, everything. I mean, it was like he just seemed so advanced. Um, and that happens, and they regress. But when he was born, he just seemed so neurotypical for months and months. And then it just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, he did have a bad rep you know, reaction to the 18-month vaccinations. He had high, high fevers th for three weeks. So I do think maybe there was autism there. Maybe I didn't realize it. And I, but I do agree that I think the vaccinations enhanced his symptoms 100%. Um, it made whatever was going on with him worse. Well, yeah, I think anybody could agree that putting, um, you know, poison, basically, heavy metal poison yeah. into someone's body that it already has some sort of uh, deficiency is going to cause a bigger problem. And we problem. know that that's important because if <laughs> so. you've been pregnant before, you know they say, okay, now limit your mercury intake. So why? Why do you have to do that? Why can't you go out and eat shark every day? I don't understand. Why? Is mercury bad? 
is it going to harm your baby? Yeah, it could possibly kill your baby. So that that should just tell you right there. If you can't eat fish every day, certain kinds of fish that are high in mercury, mackerel, shark, things like that, then no, you should not be having a, the child you know, inject it with more mercury if you don't even know what your levels are. They're, you're, you know, you're not giving birth and they're saying, oh, or, you know, you're pregnant and they're saying, you're going to come in for a mercury test and that's how we're going to decide of what, what age we should give the MMR shot to see if your child's carrying that. There's none of that. And that is what I disagree with 100%. I think we could talk about this for yeah. like hours. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But let's, uh, let's move on now to... What you think Grayson's biggest struggle has been? Staying focused. Um, like I said, he's very stubborn. And it's very hard to get him to do something he doesn't want to do. Uh, I would say, yeah, focus and um, speech. I don't, think, I don't think he struggles all the time with, like, like he's not having behaviors because he can't speak right now, like, all the time. But I'm sure that he would love to communicate his how he feels and say what he wants to say. But he has yeah, no definitely. trouble communicating at all. He, we know when he's upset. We know when he's uh, overstimulated. We we know all of that. He has no trouble relaying that information to us. So yeah, yeah. And what do you think your biggest struggles with? Uh, I think when I speak to other people about things, that's been my biggest struggle. And not because I worry about what other people say or anything like that. I think it's um, just kind of teaching other people. And that it's not a struggle for me, so I don't mean, like, you know, making people more aware. It's just sometimes I feel like sometimes I battle with people about, like, either him being autistic or, like, oh, well, he'll come around, like, well, you know, it's been two and a half years. And he, he it's, like, almost like they say, like, he's going to kind of snap out of it. That's not going to happen. Um, so that's, I think, been the, the biggest thing. Um, yeah, I mean, even some people, like, with the food thing, they're like, well, just, like, give them the option. Put it down put it down in front of them and just leave it there. Yeah, I've done that. Like, like I think people just don't realize, like, he doesn't, he's not going to do it. No matter yeah. how many times I put it down in front of him, if he doesn't want to do it, he's not going to do it. It's not like I haven't tried. Um, so, yeah, well, I know him in well, that remember, instance very well. I remember well. when he was younger and uh, we were trying to get him to eat more stuff and, like, some of that eating, mm-hmm. the eating challenges were kind of first starting to develop. I remember <laughs> somebody we know told us, just put what you want in front of him and don't give him any other options. Right. And he might not eat it for a day or two, but eventually he'll get hungry and he'll eat it. Yeah, well, no, he, he would just start falling asleep until bottle time uh. so he could have his bottle <laughs> and didn't didn't yeah. eat the solid food One and for, a half, two years old, days. and he knew to do this. And after four days, I'm like, he, you know, I'm like, I, I, I have feed to feed him, him because, <laughs> like, I have to give him solids because the kid's not going to survive. Like, what am I going to do? So he definitely battled me, and he didn't. He won. He didn't give in at all. Um, so. Oh, that kid will fight to the end. Grayson knows what he likes, and, you know, I admire that about him, honestly. I think it's a great trait. He won't have anybody pressuring him or... You know, hopefully not, and he's going to do what he wants. So Yeah. So what are you doing to maintain your life and your, uh, you know, the quality of your life and your mental you health? You know, I'm everything? doing things I like to. You know, I, I get my hot baths every night. I watch my shows. I Even if I stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning, I always try to make time for myself, no matter how, like, I'm exhausted. But 
I try to do that just because it just it, it balances out your mind. I try to do, you know, my facials, things like that. Um, you know, and to be honest with everything going on that we're running right now and like Grayson and Company, the toy store and all of that and the blogging, it's just um, I love doing that stuff, the social media aspect and the marketing and all of that. So honestly, it's been enjoyable to me. It's like almost like all day I'm doing the hobbies that I love. So, you know, that's been really helpful. Yeah. I think that's, you know, definitely something that I think we talk about it a lot in a lot of episodes. We've talked about it, and uh, I'm sure it's something that we're going to continue to talk about. But, you know, making sure, like, you do what you need to do to keep yourself healthy, bring the best version of yourself to your child every day, you know, is, is important. So Yeah, and I do think everybody should have a hobby. I mean, Whatever I even had this discussion with Sean a few months ago and had said, like, we need a hobby. Like, we need to have something that we do every day, that we like to do. Like, he loves gardening and things like that, and, you know, I decided, you know what, why don't we get a fish tank? We'll do, like, a whole aquascaping with fresh, you know, live plants, and, you know, that's something that you love, you know, and we can kind of incorporate the things we like because we need something separated from this that we both enjoy. He has his fishing, his golf. That's something we can do together, the fish. So I think it's helpful. So what is one other important thing that you think... Uh, it's important for our parents out there that are listening to be aware of or to know? Try to be involved as much as you can with therapy. Even when therapy's over, try to maintain that because that is going to help you tenfold. Um, if, you know, if therapy's coming and you're kind of just using it as, a you know, time to get your stuff done and as a babysitter, I don't recommend that. Uh, it's it's going to be very, very difficult. And always take the time for yourself. Make sure any way that you can fit it in or even get an hour a week, whatever it may be, try to do that. And don't be afraid to talk to people and open up about it. You know, you know the people in your circle that you have that relationship with that you can be honest and get no judgment, judgment-free zone. So I think that's really, really important. And if you are struggling, you know, I struggled in the beginning with this. Um, I didn't struggle long, I will admit, uh, just because I knew that I couldn't uh, kind of get depressed about it because if I did, Grayson wasn't going to have anybody there to help him and everything would have just completely fallen apart because, you know, in the past, if things got me down or if I was grieving, yeah, I didn't have any responsibilities. I would kind of just, like, stop everything and just take care of me. Uh, You can't really do that. Uh, They're dependent on you. So I think as healthy as you can stay and, you know, you'll you'll be able to give 100% to your child. Yeah. To wrap it up, what are your hopes and dreams for Grayson in the future? Like I said, to live independently. Uh, I hope that he sometimes is able to just, like, slow down and focus. Um, I hope that he has us for as long as he possibly can in his life. And I hope that, you know... if he doesn't, there's there's people there that we can count on that will make sure that he's okay. Yeah. I think those are all important things. Thank Definitely. you. Yeah. You know, um, with COVID, you know, Grayson hasn't been able to socialize much. And no. something he struggled with a lot when he was younger. Uh, it's almost like he didn't feel connected to the other kids because they were trying to do other things and he wanted to, do, you know, do other activities and play with other toys and stuff like that but you know over the past six months he's 
He wants to socialize. He wants to socialize. We're at the playground. He wants to try to go up to other kids, and like now we can't let him. So, you know, one thing that I really hope for is that that doesn't affect him, and that he, you know, doesn't get confused. Once we can uh, take him to places where he can interact with kids a little bit more, like he's gonna do it. You know, because I know he's wanted to. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I hope he doesn't lose that desire to do that because of, you know, everything that's been going on. Yeah. So. I agree. It, it has to be really confusing for him. And like I've said before in previous episodes, you know, uh, socialize, socialize. Don't go over to that child. You know, we don't know if they have corona. Like, stay away. We can't socialize right now. That's got to be really uh, mixed single signals for a child to understand. They don't understand that. Uh, so it's difficult. Sometimes I won't say, like, no, don't don't go over there. I'm kind of like, well, we're going to go this way because I don't want to use that negative, you know, language to steer him away and think that, like, that's wrong. Like, no, I shouldn't be doing that or no, I shouldn't be socializing with that stranger. So instead I just say, you know, we're, we're going to go walk this way or which way do you want to go, you know, and just kind of uh, transition a different way. Yeah. It's important. Well. This was great, anything, babe. Thanks. Anything else uh, you want to add? No, I, I don't think so. Um, one thing I do want to add is if you have any inclination or feelings, don't wait for services. Start them as soon as possible and be involved. Yeah, definitely. It changes the outcome of things dr- dramatically. Yeah. So it's important. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find us? Okay, guys, so we have our Building the Puzzle Facebook and Instagram. We have a page and a group that you could join. We also have our Grayson and Company on Instagram. We are Grayson.and.company. And then you can find us on Etsy at Grayson and Co. Toys. And pretty soon, hopefully, we'll be coming out with a YouTube channel. So keep a lookout for that. Uh, Grayson and Toys is now on Amazon. So look out for us and you'll see us there soon. For autism, building Building the the puzzle puzzle, one piece piece at a time. time. I'm Sean. And I'm Alex. Signing Signing off. off. Take care, everybody.